0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. Next few weeks, we're starting a series called Toxic. Next week, we're going to talk about toxic influences, things that obviously negatively influence us. Um, In two weeks, we're going to talk about toxic words, toxic religion. It's going to be in three weeks. But today, we're going to look at the idea of toxic thoughts. Now, toxic... Is anything that c- contains poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death? So it's, it's stuff that... It's, uh, it's dangerous. It's not something that we should be playing with. And if uh, things that... Are, um, well, they're toxic. <laughs> usually if there's a bottle or if there's some kind of um, chemical, it's usually got the, the skull and the crossbones kind of a thing on it saying that th- this is death. This is a bad thing. You should need to stay away. It's toxic. <clears throat> Proverbs 23.7 says that as a person thinks in their heart, that is who they are. I paraphrased a little bit from what you see in your screen. As a person thinks in their heart, that is who they are. Or as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Would be what the New King James Version says. So thinks in his heart... Um, When you first read, it's like, well, wait a—that kind of odd way to phrase that. I mean, did he mix up the body parts? Thinks usually think with your brain, thinks in your heart. You know, we don't talk with our foot. You know, so what's what's? Why didn't he just say the writer? Why didn't he just say, as a person thinks, that is who they are? Why did he have to say, as he thinks in his heart? Here's what we've come to understand about the Old Testament biblical writers. This idea of the heart, it's it's that a thought that exists so deep at the core of the person. It is so embedded within them that it it actually shapes the behavior of that person. So that's why when it says as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. It actually isn't just a thought. It actually is who they are. It's an issue of depth. So within this context, One's thoughts are a truer indication of the person than what they say, even more accurate than what they do. I mean, think about that. Words can be very insincere, insincere. In those of you who have kids who are fighting, and I you know, tell your brother, you're sorry. I'm sorry." That wasn't sincere at all, was it? You know, so they can do it, they can say the words, but there's no sincerity to it. Actions can be very disingenuous. People can be very two faced in what they say and what they do. But when I think in the privacy of my own mind, that really is who I am. That's the essence of who I am as a person. Those thoughts define me as a person. One of a former British, um, um, what was Israel? Israeli. Prime Minister, thank you. Back at uh, um, a long time ago. Nurture great thoughts, for you will never go higher than your thoughts. Nurture great thoughts, for you will never go higher than your thoughts. What we think is a pretty big deal. Thus, the, the thought that our thoughts can be toxic is an even bigger deal. So before I go any further, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do thank You for Your Word. I thank You, Father, that uh, there's life and truth and hope. And Father, things that can sustain us above all else. So Father, I ask the Father for wisdom, uh, for me to share the things that need to be shared. Father, for people to hear what needs to be heard. And Lord, that You would just bless the remainder of our time together. here In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, to show you how interconnected this idea of heart and thoughts are, <clears throat> there's another verse that comes out of the book of Proverbs chapter four. I think we've got it, don't we? Oh, it's in your worship guide. I knew I saw it somewhere. Um, the NIV says, "Above all else guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The contemporary English version, same verse. It says, carefully guide your thoughts because they are the source of your life. Same verse, both convey subtle differences, but they're talk, at the root, they're talking about the same thing. What's happening inside of you is what really is more of who you are, but we need to guard them, protect them. It becomes critical that we are able to identify and reject toxic thoughts then. And that actually is the first part in our worship, in the, in the worship guide, the sermon outline is to identify <clears throat> and reject the toxic thoughts here's the thing that um, for me was as I thought about this and reflect on it, how do I know a thought is toxic? We, we can go a whole lot of different ways with this whole idea of a toxic thought so let me let me provide a little scope of what I want to talk about in the next couple of minutes one is that I'm not talking about thoughts that are external to the individual. Okay, so not an idea or concept that's out there in our culture. I'm not getting into politics. I'm not getting into social issues. I'm not talking about thoughts that are out there. What I'm referring to here when I talk about toxic thoughts are internal. There's thoughts that originate with you. <clears throat> They're about you. You're thinking about them. They're internal thoughts. So. In that context, there's four different types of toxic thoughts I'd like to identify. One is this issue of pessimism. Pessimism pessimism usually produces negative thoughts. Now, it's interesting if you've met someone who's pessimistic and you can say, man, you're kind of negative. The response usually is, I'm not negative. I'm just realistic. Right? You've heard that. Or, like, I'm just telling it like it is. Okay? Uh, yeah, but there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. Um, Betsy was telling me of a phone conversation she had recently. Not with anyone here. <laughs> okay? I want to make it upfront, front. No, I'm not making anyone nervous. Phone conversation she had with a friend from a distant past. And... Um, <clears throat> Her comment says it's virtually impossible to maintain any relationship with this person. They are so negative. Everything is terrible. Everything is bad. Everything's a problem. Nothing is good. Everything is bad. But then she said something really interesting. And she said, not once in an hour-long conversation did that person ever ask about me. That's really telling, isn't it? And that's really, for me, the essence of pessimism, this toxic thought. It is so self-absorbed. It's all about me. Everything out there is bad. It all affects me, and it's all never good. But pessimistic people tend to be really self-absorbed people. A second form of toxic thought is one of worry. Worry usually manifests itself as fearful thoughts. <clears throat> um, I'm a nervous flyer. Have I told? Have I said this? Have I told you this before? Some of you, no. some of you know that. So, for the sake of the visitors, I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, I, I, I just, I'm a nervous. No, I know all the statistics. Safest way to travel. I get all that. I understand all of that. And here's what's really even weirder. Taking off and landing, I'm perfectly fine. It can, which, which are, if you're flying, if the higher percentage of risk are those two times. What gets me is cruising altitude choppiness, which is really a an issue. But that's what really makes me unsettled. So, a couple things I do to counter that or to work with that. One is uh, I need a window seat. A lot of people want aisle seats because I can get it up and down. I need a window seat because I have to control the window shape. <laughs> I need to be able to look out the window. If I can look out and if I can see clouds and have context, I'm, then it just helps me. I need to have a window seat. Okay, that makes better. The <laughs> um, other thing is, I know the exact time minute, at minutes from the flight. Not gate to gate. Not what it tells you in your ticket. Wheels up, wheels down. Because I know it to the minute. I'll be flying to Detroit here in a few weeks. It's an 80-minute flight. Okay? Five to ten minutes to get up to cruising altitude. Okay? And I also know that in every flight, they start their descent 30 minutes prior to when they're supposed to land. So, if i got ten minutes of getting up there and 30 minutes of coming down, on an 80-minute flight... 80 minus 10 minus 30. I've got about 40 minutes of cruising altitude that I've got to deal with. Okay? So in my mind, I've got 40 minutes? All right, I can deal with 40 minutes. I'm good. And so I, you know, I've worked through that in my mind. <clears throat> Until I literally walk on the plane, I'm looking at my weather app. I know what the weather's like between here and there. And I can tell you, you know what? About halfway in... It's cloud cover there. There's some storms there. It might, so I know about 20 minutes into it, I might have about 10 minutes worth. So I've, I've literally mapped out... Yeah, I have issues. I get that. <laughs> some of you are looking at me like, you've got to be crazy. Okay, so... I got it all figured out. So is my worry of flying a toxic thought? Some of you say no. Or some of you say Yes. Here's the thing, it's not enough to keep me from getting on a plane. I'll get on a plane, I just never, I've never had that issue, it's not that bad. But here's the thing, I waste an awful lot of emotional energy thinking about this flight. And it usually starts a couple days before the trip even begins. And I've discovered the actual flight is never, never has ever been as bad as the way your brain deals with it leading up to it. That's what worry does. The so reality is never as bad as what our mind can make it become. So even if your worry is not debilitating, and for some people their fear of flying, they literally won't get on a plane. They will drive for hours and days to not get on a plane. And I and I'm not I'm not saying I'm just saying that big that's a debilitating fear. But even if it's not debilitating, the anxiety that goes into that really is a lot of unnecessary worry and So maybe mine is flying. What's yours? What do you worry about? What keeps you occupied in your emotional thoughts? A third form of toxic thought is this idea of bitterness. Bitterness pollutes our thinking with discontented and envious thoughts. Um, Any of you who are history who uh, enjoy history you may be aware that back in the late 1600s, early 1700s in France, Louis XIV was the king. Um, Versailles, that whole time period, um, was what was going on in Europe. Um, there was this about six or seven year period of time there where they they actually referred to this as the affair of the poisons, where people um, were knocking off their opponents or rivals or people they didn't like by poisoning them. Um, and so what was interesting is that there's two kinds of poisons. One was like an instant. You take this and you're gone within minutes. It was pretty abrupt. The problem with that was it's usually very, it's very much easier to track down who did it. You were just with him. He died. It's prob- you know. And so the, the poison of choice was this one that took time. And you'd throw a little in their food here or something in their drink there. And over the course of weeks, even months, their body would accumulate this poison and they would get sicker and sicker and sicker until when they realized they'd been poisoned, it was too late. And then they would, would end up dying that way. Bitter thoughts, which are very toxic ironically, don't start out as being bitter. They start out as hurt feelings. A relationship is damaged because someone betrays you in one way or another. Or it's an envious or jealous feeling that you have because someone has something better than you or because someone didn't get what they deserved. And sometimes there's a feeling of injustice that's there. And maybe it starts out as anger. Someone said or did something against you that you didn't like. And so the initial emotion, what happens is that like that poison, it accumulates and it doesn't go away. And over time, it turns into bitterness and bitterness literally causes physical problems. It destroys relationships. It affects every area of your life and can at times even destroy your life as you would know it. So that's a third type of toxic thought. The last one is this idea of criticism. Where we just like to talk about other people. We have thoughts about them that are negative. Gossip. Slander. We're judgmental against them. We complain about them. We just don't have anything good to say about them. And we do this for a few reasons. Sometimes we do it because we're selfish. And we build ourselves up by putting others down. Sometimes we do it because we're afraid. And we lash out. Because we don't know what else to do. Sometimes it's an issue of control. We use shame or manipulation to get someone to do what we want them to do. Know anyone like that? Who's just overly critical. Just has nothing good to say what anyone... You know, wouldn't it um, be interesting if we had something that uh, when we have issues like you know, pessimism, it's interesting about toxic thoughts. When we first have them, we may not even know that they're there. They just kind of blend in. And it's really very subtle or different. I don't know if you can even see that. But it really didn't change color very much. We we'll put a few more toxic thoughts in there, and over time, there's a few more, and a few more. By time, before we even know it, it's pretty, pretty dark. Others recognize it; they see us pretty quick. A lot of times, we wouldn't even recognize it ourselves. Our life looks nothing like we what we think it is. Others would see it. Wouldn't it be great if there was something we could do to get rid of the toxic thoughts in our life? And what's interesting in this um, um, issue within France, there was no antidote. There was no remedy. They didn't have any way of clearing it up. This idea of toxic thoughts for us, there is a remedy. I think there is. I think when we apply the Word of God into our situations. All the taxes really can disappear. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 <clears throat> tells us the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The way to get rid of toxic thoughts is to replace them with God's truth. In Philippians chapter 4. Paul is talking. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Romans 12 Do not conform conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. When it comes to toxic thoughts, the Bible is very clear there is an antidote. There is a remedy. Not only can it keep you from getting worse, it can actually go back and clean up what was there and remove the toxins from your life altogether. Anytime your mind drifts toward toxic, dangerous thoughts and you're conscious of it, you're aware of it, stop yourself. Grab those runaway thoughts and replace them with truth. Um, Yesterday was, uh, as I mentioned a little bit, yesterday was our monthly men's breakfast. And uh, Mike... Uh, who was coordinating it, he, he and I had not talked. So he had no idea what my sermon was about today. But he sent out an email to the man earlier in the week. and he said, hey, for our time Saturday, what I'd like you to do is, you know, what have been Bible verses that have been helpful to you in times of struggle in your life? Um, really, really a cool idea. Um, Without identifying anyone as a group, there was just some really cool things that came out of it. For one of the guys found himself just in a season of life where his future was in doubt. And just the fear and anxiety and stress that came from that. And he says in that, he came across Psalm chapter 62. For God alone my soul waits in silence for my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor, my mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. That was... That was just getting going. Another, one, another guy said, mine was Philippians chapter 4, 7, is what they shared. He said, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a promise. One of the guys shared that uh, before they get out of the bed in the morning, they tell them, they recite Romans chapter 8, verse 11 to themselves. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through His Spirit that dwells in you. Basically, before they even got out of bed saying, my, I'm alive in Christ this day. Another one shared just about the fact that they went through a season actually not of struggle, but of plenty. Plenty. And just the rejoicing, and and even that had a biblical aspect. And said just this idea, the the way they phrased it was an attitude of gratitude, which I thought was really cool. But for them, that First Thessalonians chapter five, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So, this morning, if you're struggling with this toxic thought of pessimism, the opposite of that is hope. So maybe uh, Romans 15.13 would be a verse for you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Or Romans 8. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We don't have to be pessimistic. God has spoken about this relationship He has with us and the implications of that and, and the hope and expectation we can have for that. We don't have to be pessimistic. And I'm not saying that there's times when we're not going to be down or discouraged or struggle. I get that. We all go through that. But as a way of life, as a worldview paradigm, pessimism should not be part of the Christ follower's life. It just shouldn't. That's not, that's not what we've been given. What I love about the love of God, even when we screw up, we have hope. Zechariah chapter 1, the prophet is saying to the Israelites who screwed up all the time. But God always came back and says, Therefore say to them, return to Me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you. God never abandons us. If your toxic thought is one of worry, the opposite there is, is peace and calm. So maybe a verse for you would be 1 Peter chapter 5. Cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is one many of us have memorized. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Or what about Psalm forty-two, five, where David writes, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation. If you're dealing with this toxic thought of bitterness, maybe Ephesians 4. Verse 32. Paul is talking to us he says, We're to be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Oh, well, what a challenge. Toxic thought of criticism. Maybe you want to think about Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty nine. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as it is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Lastly, this morning, we have identified and rejected toxic thoughts. We know how to use apply scripture in certain contexts, what that might do. Lastly, repeat step one and step two daily. Unfortunately, toxic thoughts are not those things where you take an inoculation and then you're done for the rest of your life. Toxic thoughts are things that we have to deal with every stinking day. We do. Every day. We have to address those and deal with those. But here's what I know. Your life today has been greatly influenced by the thoughts you've had in your past. Some of the thoughts go back to when you were a child. Some go back to this morning on your way driving here to church today. They've helped to shape who you are. That being the case, the thoughts you're having today are going to greatly influence the quality and the content of your life in the days ahead. You don't have to live with toxic thoughts. None of us do. God has promised us not only forgiveness, but cleansing and hope and expectation and all these things that go into living the life of a Christ Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm just so incredibly grateful for your love and mercy. At the same time, just so incredibly aware of my own shortcomings. And I know everyone here can identify their own quite readily. Father, toxic thoughts in our own life. Time where we have been pessimistic. Time where we've lacked um, optimism. Father, or we've been critical of others. We've been bitter. We worry. Father, these are things that are not of you. They're not from you. Father, help us to be able to more readily identify them. Father, even when we're in the middle of the moment, may there just be that quiet voice in the back of our head that says, "Hey, what are you doing?" That just is enough for us to recognize the fact that Your Holy Spirit is prompting us and that warning us that we're heading down a path that we shouldn't go down. Father, give us then the ability to recall the verses, to be reading in Your words, to hear from You in that way, that we're then able to counter those toxic thoughts. For, Father, nothing else can rid us of that contaminant, of that pollution in our mind. Father, only Your Word can can give us hope, can give us peace, can restore, Father, our lives, our hearts to where they need to be. So, Father, anyone who might be struggling this day, I just pray, God, that You would give them the grace to accept, Father, the truth of Your Word give them the courage, Father, to take hold of that, and Father, to choose to live their lives in that way. So, Father, we continue to put our lives in your hands. Father, we continue to trust you in all things. Father, not just uh, our faith, our salvation, but in our relationships at home, at work, the quality of work we do, Father, for our financial provision, physical health, our relationships. Father, all these things, God, we continue to put our lives into Your hands. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone says, Amen. If, um, if you would like prayer for any of those things, I'll be available up here. Um, I'll hang around just, just to pray with you. And uh, I know we've got other leaders as well who'd be happy to do that as well. Just uh, don't... don't you, you can walk out clean. Um, I'll see that actually it's returned, hasn't it? Some of it. But, uh, that's what toxic thoughts will do. They come back. <laughs> I need to apply the the, the truth of the God's word again. Um, don't leave today with that. You you can be free from that. We can we can do that. We'll do that. Um, Lastly, um, again, take your worship guide with you uh, as you lead. uh, Just uh, there's a number of other things in there to be aware of. Um, Grab a cup of coffee, hang out, talk to people, get to know one another. Let's stand for the benediction. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you His favor and give you His peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.